Hi, I'm Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen. I'm a personal functional medicine practitioner for high performers and professional athletes. And I've worked with athletes in many different sports from the US sailing team to endurance sports and triathlon, CrossFit and professional tennis players across the board in any sport. Maintaining a foundation of a healthy body and mind is crucial for long-term success. This is the podcast that will show you how to apply the principles of a healthy body and mindset to achieve high performance all from the inside out. This is the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic that is something that I see all the time, not only in the athletes that I work with, but I see it in the industry a lot. And that is along the lines of this. If you have ever experienced pain or if you've ever experienced unexpected fatigue, things or unexplained fatigue, things that just suddenly are just not quite right and things that, you know, and usually in this scenario, right? Athletes will tend to go to things that worked in the past, right? But if those things aren't working now that used to, then it's possible that you may be focusing on looking at ways to fix what's going on by changing up your mobility, changing up or fixing your mobility, changing up your training, maybe looking at uh, changing up different types of equipment or looking at your conditioning as a way to explain everything that's going on. And you may have even tried maybe going on to like a clean food routine or tried a new diet or new nutrition plan or tried new supplements or old ones that maybe worked in the past, but just didn't seem to work now that I, I think it's, it's a really common thing that I'll get like a message from, from athletes or, and from my, my patients. And they'll say something along the lines of, should I try this thing? Or should I do this? Or should I do that with these new supplements and things that they're finding? But I have to remind them that especially in some cases, we don't necessarily need to put in new supplements. We don't need to be overloading the body with a ton of supplements to get the outcome that we're looking for. Most people in sports medicine, when they see an athlete that has something along the lines of fatigue, a decrease in focus, like they're just, their mental space is just, they're just not being able to focus on what the task is and what we need to accomplish. That can also come along with like brain fog and other things that are just not quite right. Just not having the mindset or the mental space that we need them to be in, as well as things like chronic inflammation, just seeing like, it looks like the body is just dealing with a lot of different things that clearly aren't right, as well as persistent injuries or illnesses, right? It, it just dealing with joint aches and pains and getting sick all the time throughout their training season. Those things are really important for athletes to first off avoid, right? Uh, but also what ends up happening in these scenarios is we're often looking at what I call, we're looking at that external factor, the external environment, like the training plan, like conditioning, like mobility or equipment. And I'm not saying that those things aren't potentially a solution in some cases, but what I am saying is when those aren't the solution and you haven't been able to get the answers to what you're doing and the answers to what's going to help you fix the problem that you're experiencing, we need to look from a different perspective at what's going on with the body, right? We have a tendency to look at the external, right? So let's say you have an, you have knee pain. What we often do is we look at 
you know, are there things that we can add into the body, like maybe do an NSAID, so a, like Advil or, or a painkiller to try to reduce that inflammation or pain? Or do we need to put in like a cortisone shot? Or do we need to do a bunch of chiropractic or massage or PT to try to, and or look at just different ways of changing the way you move and your mobility to improve that. And I, and again, I'm saying there, that isn't wrong necessarily. There are many uses for those different types of things. And that's why they're very popular. And that's why we often go to them first. Right. And I've certainly seen plenty of help from a number of those things, but the thing that I want to make sure is really clear is that there, there are many other things that are happening inside the body that can be leading to issues in those areas that we often don't necessarily look for or look at. Like I said, we have a tendency to look at what's going on externally. And then from what we think is going on, we then have a tendency to either add in more training or exercises. We have a tendency to try to improve movement or function, which again, can be extremely helpful, but when it's not the answer to the problem, it doesn't matter how much mobility or how much you try to improve the way you move or function, it's not necessarily gonna solve the issue. And all of that means that we're putting more load on the system. And sometimes, we're even adding in more recovery methods that continue to drain the body's resources. So what is most likely happening here is that there's an issue inside the body that no one is addressing. And that's why the problems keep coming back and they keep being persistent and they keep being there. And you keep not being able to find answers to why you're feeling fatigued, to why you're having an issue with, with focus, to why you are struggling with pain or inflammation in your body that you can just feel it just like everything just doesn't feel right. And you're dealing with injuries and you're dealing with illnesses that keep on coming back as well as potentially even seeing that like stagnation in your training, or maybe even a decline in your performance markers. And all of these things are adding up and it's just not, you're not finding the answers to what you're looking for. And although there may be several different reasons why this might be happening for you, one of the things that we're going to talk about today, because every athlete is different. And so I don't want you to think that there's just one answer to this solution, but the thing that we are going to talk about today as one of these solutions is looking at something called your mitochondria. And you might be thinking, what are the mitochondria? What does that, what even is that? So your mitochondria are these were, they're called organelles, not to get lost in the things, but they're called organelles inside of just one of your cells. Okay. And what they do is they generate something called energy. They generate something called ATP or adenosine triphosphate. And the mitochondria are really critical because one of the things that we've seen and we found, especially in research with athletes, is that especially our elite or pro athletes are going to have a lot more of these mitochondria per cell because you've, your body has adapted to be able to make that happen. Your body has improved, increased its mitochondria factories, energy factories, so that you can perform at the level you are expecting your body to be able to perform at. But there are some very key things that happen with the mitochondria, especially when they get overloaded with stress, which training and lifestyles and all sorts of different things can, can create 
that then when they aren't matched with the right lifestyle and nutrition and habits and routines that help to support the mitochondria, that's where all of this can start to get a little, little bit mucky and a little bit bogged down. And then we can start to over time, see some dysfunction in some of these areas. And then that's where things really kind of start to fall apart. Right. And that's where we start to see that fatigue. That's where we start to see that, that, uh, drop or stagnation in performance. And it's through this that we can really start to, to have an impact on how you perform on repetitive injuries and illnesses and things like that. So I wanted to give an example here because I had a patient come in, her name is Sarah. And one of the things that she started out with was she came to me and she was basically like popping Rolaids throughout the day, multiple times a day. They, I mean, basically she was taking them like they were candy. She was starting to feel like her clothes weren't fitting the way that she, they should. And like, she, she's very in tune with how her body should feel. So as soon as something wasn't quite right, the first thing she did is she was like, okay, I need to go back on my macros plan. I need to start training more. I need to start doing this. And she, she went back to the things that had worked in the past. Her whole body was feeling super slow. She was feeling tired and fatigued all the time. And it was rare that she actually felt like she had the energy to train, but she did it anyway, right? Because she knew that that's what she needed to do. And of course, as well, like part of her job and part of her, what made her feel like she was happy in a day was actually getting training done and, accomp and getting that accomplished as well as like, it was a, it was a health factor for her as well. Right. So, and the thing is, is like all the things that she went to, to try to improve this like slow creep of weight, as well as the things that, um, she was always doing that had worked in the past. None of those things were helping her and they, they weren't helping the fatigue. They weren't helping her feel like her body was improving, but on top of that, her weight didn't budget all either. And that was something that was really unusual. The other thing she was experiencing as well is she started avoiding certain foods that were making her feel bloated all over, but particularly in her gut. And eventually all of that, like avoiding all of those foods led to her only eating a small amount of foods every day. And that list was getting smaller and smaller. She also avoided certain fuel sources, like for races and for training and things like that. She kind of got to a point where she wasn't really using any fueling sources at all because they would just cause problems. They might cause gunk, they might've caused gut cramping or, um, and that, you know, and, and that alone, especially when she was out training and on race days, because she was avoiding certain fuel sources and avoiding certain types of foods and things, it ended up especially like she had to slow down at her races. That was a big one, but she, but, you know, especially if gut symptoms would pop up on that day, on that race day, she'd have to slow down even more than she already was because she wasn't eating enough, but because, you know, she would try these different fueling sources or she'd try to, you know, eat certain foods before the day so that she could try to perform really well. Right. But then as like, no matter what she tried, it was just causing more symptoms for her gut. And that was just leading her to have to go slower and slower because it was really, really uncomfortable. And the other thing that was happening as well is that her knee and her hip pain that were previous injuries from a long time ago that she had previously dealt with were starting to pop up again. She was starting to get swelling. She was, you know, and all of those things that 
in the past had been solved were starting to become more painful on a regular basis. And then, as I mentioned before as well, she started going to massage therapists, to physical therapists. She had also seen several different types of, she was moving between different nutritionists and macros programs because nothing was working. When I started working with Sarah, she, we started focusing on what was going on internally. She had imbalances, not only in her gut and inflammation that was and, and inflammation in her gut that was eventually leading to that bloating but also some of her joint pain, right? Because, and we'll get, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but also, and we talk about this a lot in my um, fit and healthy elite athlete method in my programs, because the thing is, is that your GI tract is a very root, uh, it, it is a big part of what helps us be able to lower inflammation, absorb nutrients, and helps us be able to perform well. So as soon as we see some gut inflammation and imbalances there, that can start to lead to joint pain that can start to lead to other inflammation in other areas of the body, difficulty, focusing fatigue, and all of those things. She also had some nutrition imbalances as well as a, as a part of all of this being connected. And they were leading to her fatigue as well as hormone imbalances. And just that overall feeling that she just felt like she was just slow, like everything was slowing down, all was a part in what was going on internally. But looking at all of that stuff from the external side of things, like the macros programs and trying different nutrition plans and going to different massage therapists and chiropractors and physical therapists, like none of that was working because nothing was actually focusing on what was actually causing the issue inside. So today, so what we're going to focus on is like, we'll, we focus on the gut a lot, but today on this episode, we're going to talk about the mitochondria and different ways that they work um, and how you can ultimately try to first off, improve your mitochondria, but what are some of the steps you can do if this is you, right? One of the things that I, I was just reading an article that was looking at the association between a research article between mitochondria and sports performance is that one of the things that they're finding is that there's a really, really tight connection between your mitochondria and your physical activity and what you're capable of. The mitochondria do a lot of different things for you, but most mostly, and they are the most critical, like their function is the most critical when it comes to anything that's really high demand. Okay. So endurance sports being one, or if you are in a sport that's high contact, those types of sports, or if you've got, you're not only an athlete, but you're also maybe a, a business owner, or you're a parent and you've got lots of things to do in your day. That's a lot of stress usually on the system. And so anything that's kind of high demand that might be endurance sports, might be high contact, might be just that there's a lot of stress and a lot of load on your system day to day. The mitochondria are, are a very, very root piece of what makes you able to do that and how to do that really well. They also play a really important role in inflammation. They play a really important role in, in metabolism. So that overall feeling that Sarah had of feeling really slow, the mitochondria play a really big key piece in that fatigue and that, that difficulty with focusing and, and things like that. They also are really important when it comes to how your immune system does what it does 
and how it responds to stress and trauma. What's really interesting as well as in some of these research articles is what they've seen and they've connected. And because I talk to a lot of you that are in the endurance world and endurance sports, I'm going to, to highlight some of the things that came out of this article that looked at the trauma and the stress from endurance sports, but also looked at the trauma and, and stress from football players, American football players, I'll say, and the connections that they made between those two, which I thought was really, really interesting. So the mitochondria are really susceptible, as I mentioned, to stress and trauma, and they can actually have a lot of issues when our exercise is, is really high intensity. And those, all of those things are going to have an impact on how your mitochondria function, as well as the, as I mentioned, like the stress or load on the system, like those are all going to have an impact on your mitochondria. So one of the things that from this article that was so interesting is that American football players, what they were seeing is that there was an increased blood pressure as well as hypertension. And what hypertension is, is basically where your, your heart, your cardiovascular system starts uh, having issues with being able to pump blood to your muscles and your tissues. So that's that high blood pressure, hypertension, just there's things that are going on in the cardiovascular system is, is are starting to break down a bit. You're not being able to vasodilate your, 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 your arteries and veins aren't able to constrict and expand and constrict and, and expand, which is really, really critical, right? For moving blood around the body. And remember too, that blood is really critical for getting oxygen to your muscles. It's also really critical for getting nutrients to your tissues, things that are really, really important for sports performance that help you when you go out for that bike ride or that run, they're part of the, like part of this being able to get blood nutrients, oxygen into those tissues is what prevents some of that fatigue. So keeping that in mind, all of those different factors that were, that the mitochondria were dealing with that were having an impact on your mitochondria. Part of that from playing football and from contact sports, they were having a pretty negative impact on the mitochondria. And on top of that, what they were also seeing is that same sort of trauma is very similar in that high contact sport is actually very similar in the prolonged exertion of endurance sports and marathon running and things like that. And they were seeing that same negative, basically cardiovascular changes that, and other markers of like that hypertension and high blood pressure and other markers of basically what damage the same, the same as in American football players. Right. So the point of this is that I want you to remember that the mitochondria, if they are functioning really, really well, they're going to help you with improved oxygen, not only from when you take a breath in and it gets to your lungs and then it going out to your muscles, it's going to help you a lot with that. If you can, if, you, if your mitochondria are functioning well, as well as with greater energy availability. So like less fatigue right? And it's more resistance to that fatigue as well. Like if you've ever gone through a race or gone through a really long training 
session. And just towards the end, things are just getting like more and more draining and you're just losing a lot more of that energy. Part of that is because of your mitochondria. Also, what we've seen when the mitochondria are functioning very well are things like better performance and an ability to maintain speed. Now think about the implications of that, right? If you're able to maintain speed at the beginning of your marathon to the end of your marathon or the beginning of your Ironman to the end of your Ironman, that could literally mean the difference of like a 12 hour Ironman to a 10 or nine hour marathon or Ironman. That's really important. So I want you to think when you're thinking about this and when you, if you are experiencing that fatigue, that breakdown, something that's going wrong and you're seeing that stagnation or decline in your performance and just it, it inflammation's increasing, you're not being able to sustain your energy throughout your workouts and just things are just not right. Um, I want you to think about your habits and routines in your life around your internal health, like stress from training. I want you to think about this like a circle. Okay. So this is something that you're doing in your day-to-day -day life. And there may be some issues with where some of this breaks down. And if this is you, then there's going to be a lot more that we can do and we can kind of get into and break down from here. But I want you to do this. So I want you to think about your day and let's start with the stress from training or other life things, but like you do a training session, it puts stress into your system. We want that. That's a good thing. It's what helps us be able to get stronger and faster and all those things. We put that stress in and then we, your body is going to do a number of things to respond and adapt to that stress. You then have a choice. Okay. You can either give the body what it needs or don't. You can either not eat as much or eat enough to support that training. You can take certain supplements or not, which may or may not have a, a negative interaction on the body both ways. You can choose to not sleep very well or try to prioritize your sleep or try to make, make sure that your recovery is really good or not. You can add more stress onto your system or not, right? There's lots and lots of choices that we can make, but those are going to lead to two outcomes. Either your body's going to adapt and recover and get better and stronger and faster. And you're going to see that performance just take off, or there's a possibility of further breakdown, fatigue, performance, stagnation, decline, things like that. And then what happens is this circle literally happens over and over and over again. And it can even happen multiple times a day if you are training all day or multiple times a day, right? So the key is to first off, if this scenario is something that you're like, bingo, that's, that's something that's happening for me. The first key is to test the, we have the ability to test for these things. We have the ability to check and see how your mitochondria are functioning and do they actually have what they need? Is there too much stress on your system, on your, on your, um, mitochondria that they are now getting overloaded. So the result of what we're going to see out of that is fatigue is not feeling well, maybe getting sick, maybe, uh, not being able to focus. So all of those symptoms 
are sometimes a sign that the mitochondria are overloaded. So first thing we do is we look and we test. We look at inflammation. We look at oxidative stress, which is what we talked about, that stress, that load on the mitochondria. We look at your vitamin and mineral levels because all of those things are going to be really critical in making sure that your mitochondria are functioning really well. We also want to make sure that we're looking at your overall calories that you're eating for the day. We want to make sure you're eating enough protein because the mitochondria need and thrive off of enough protein. And then second with all of that is we want to make sure that your nutrition, your daily lifestyle habits, your routines, all of those things help to move you towards your goals. And the thing is, these don't have to be more complicated and add more to your plate. Actually, in fact, it could be as simple as just making a few slight changes to your daily nutrition and actually removing certain supplements that are making all of this harder. Wouldn't that be amazing if all you had to do was just potentially add like just a little bit more to your routine as far as food goes, which can be very, very simple and things that don't require you to spend even more time in the kitchen, as well as just removing a few supplements that you may be taking that you're not really sure you need to be taking, but they actually might be causing you to hinder your performance and your adaptations to exercise. And if you don't know what I mean by that, because you've been told you need to be taking certain supplements. What I mean by that is that there are research studies after research studies, after studies that uh, have shown that certain types of supplements, antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin E can actually hinder your adaptation to exercise. Meaning that you do not get the benefits from the training at least at the level that would normally happen if you weren't taking those supplements. So the thing is, is that it really doesn't have to be that complicated and you can actually get the answers to what's causing the problems so that you can stop treating the symptoms and chasing the pain. So like, so to speak, right. And really get to the bottom of what's causing the symptoms and pain, stagnation, and or decline in your training. So if this is, and decline in your performance as well. So if this is something that you were just like, bingo, spot on, this is absolutely me. This is what I've been dealing with. You like, that's, this is it. Then and what I would really love for you to do, and I have a, a free resource for you specifically for you, if you're in this situation is I want you to go to drkirsten.com slash finish strong. The link is everywhere in my bio and, and it's in, uh, in the show notes and all the things. And what that, what I have for you, there is a free guide that will help you identify areas that you, where you might need support, right? Because it might be different. For you, it could be gut health. It could be a nutrient status. It could be the mitochondria. It could be lots and lots of different things. But the point is that what we want is to bring awareness to where, where the issue is so that you know where you need to start. And then from there, that helps us be able to build a plan. And then we can work to build a foundation for a healthy body so that you can reach your peak performance, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? So head to drkirsten.com slash finish strong, and I will see you in the next episode. So thank you for joining us and take care. 
Hey, did you know that up to 70% of athletes may be deficient in at least one micronutrient, if not potentially deficient in two or more? Micronutrient deficiencies like vitamin D, iron, calcium, vitamin E, B12, B9 are super common in athletes. And they can lead to things like fatigue, they can lead to injuries and fractures, getting sick a lot and missing practice to unexplained pain and a lot more. On the flip side though, Athletes who corrected nutrient deficiencies saw improvements in VO2 max, vertical jump, grip strength, force, improved delayed onset muscle soreness, and a lot more. That's why I created the Strong to the Finish Line free guide for athletes like you to be able to train and compete symptom-free so that you can have the confidence and the power to perform at your best. Get this guide for free at drkirsten.com slash finishstrong.